You're listening to Paris Talks Marketing. My goal with this podcast is to dig deeper into digital marketing success than any other marketing podcast out there, to reveal the growth marketing strategies and tactics that are working today, empowering growth at amazing companies and organizations. Keep listening as I interview founders, CEOs, and marketing leaders from all around the world, primarily from companies in the tech and software as a service industries. Now, on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Today, I'm excited to welcome Krish Ramanini, who is the co-founder and CEO of Fireflies.ai. Krish graduated from UPenn, and he started as one of the youngest product managers at Microsoft, uh, leading projects around customer voice and growth engineering at Microsoft uh, Microsoft. He guest lectured at Stanford on deep learning and machine learning and is an early stage startup advisor. So let's talk about Fireflies. Uh, Fireflies is an AI voice assistant that helps transcribe, take notes, and complete actions during meetings. So Fireflies AI assistant, who's called Fred, integrates with all the leading web conferencing platforms in the world, like Zoom, Google Meet, WebEx, and Microsoft Teams, along with business applications like Slack and Salesforce. And I can say personally that uh, I am and our team is a heavy user of Fireflies and we, we absolutely love it. So, Krish, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, really excited and it's always great to meet someone uh, for the first time that's also a Fireflies user. And the greatest moment is someone to be able to be recognized as, hey, uh, I've used Fireflies. Um, that's how I know you. And so that's awesome to see. Yeah. Chris, you started Fireflies about five years ago. Is that right? Yes. And uh, well, we started doing a whole host of stuff uh, around 2016, end of 2016, early 2017. But mm-hmm. the voice platform as a whole, we started closer towards the end of 2018. Before that, we were doing a bunch of NLP projects, consulting, doing pilots, all around like the conversational AI space. But uh, mm-hmm. I would say 2018 was really the initial starting point of us building the voice platform. Yeah. Tell me, what was the spark for you back then? What, why voice? What, what was it about voice AI that, that got you hooked and, and eventually led you to the Fireflies flies product? Yeah, I, I feel that when we think about voice, there's just this ubiquity in terms of how easy it is to use. Like I love using voice hands-free when I'm both at home or when I'm driving the, the car. And I always felt that with the way the technology shifts were happening. One, the quality of recognition was getting better. Uh, the system costs were getting cheaper. And I thought we were gonna have a whole movement just like how we did with cloud storage uh, back in the early 2000s. And that was really the starting point. Like the technology had to be there. If this was started mm-hmm. maybe a decade ago, probably wouldn't have been possible. But with all the things that are happening with deep learning, sequence to sequence learning, the amazing GPUs that are out there, uh, it was a technology factor that that enabled what we're doing at Fireflies. Uh, it's able to help us compress what, you know, two dozen PhDs would be able to do uh, into a small startup team, you know, of a dozen people. So that was really the big change uh, that enabled us. But I think just the ubiquity is that was the key thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us starting it. And even in Microsoft, when I was there, just got to see like how much time we're spending in meetings. And I felt like that was like an initial aha moment where let's start with 
meetings because that's like the perfect bridge to voice in the enterprise. And then from there, we can branch off and do a lot more than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say as a, as a heavy user of Fireflies, and we've got a bunch of our team now with accounts using it multiple times a day, I have already realized the, the, the huge value that it does with, with meetings. Um, and I'm just curious if you, when you were launching this, there are so many possible use cases for Fireflies. Um, was it that you really wanted to try to make meetings more productive or were there other use cases or other specific roles in an organization that you envisioned that would get really serious benefit out of, the, out of Fireflies? When we first started, we wanted to take all of the chatter that happens asynchronously in different places uh, and put them in one central place. Uh, we were actually building the product for conference rooms, but as the pandemic happened, we realized this is like a must have for remote teams. And so the initial vision was how do we take all of this information, bring everything in one centralized place, create a knowledge base, right, for your team. Just like how Slack creates a knowledge base of all your chat, like and makes it searchable, or how Gmail gets all your emails in one place, or like Front does it for all your customer support conversations. We wanted to do that for meetings, right? Create an easy searchable knowledge base for meetings. And then as the pandemic happened, the vision got bigger, and we realized that people were recreating what was happening in the physical space digitally. So the sales team can use Fireflies, the marketing team can use Fireflies, your product team can use it, you're using it in both external meetings, internal meetings, and we want to just be able to create an easy way to aggregate all your meetings, notes, transcriptions. And that was really the the bigger vision. It was never about building a product specifically for one vertical or one use case, but it was about going end to end for an organization and bringing the entire organization on board. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, for us, certainly it it has, the the most immediate aha moment was, wow, I I don't have to take notes anymore in meetings. That was really nice. I remember the, in the old days, a lot of people were taking notes on in notepads or, or typing on the laptops. In general, it was a little bit distracting and you always felt like people were not fully present in those meetings because they were really trying to multitask, take notes while they're also listening. And I still think the human brain can't really do two things at once very well like that. And, um, and so the first thing I noticed was, all right, now we can, our team can be fully present in meetings. We don't have that pressure of, oh, we got to get this all down. We have to make sure we don't miss anything because we know we're going to get recording and transcription later. We can search it. But then I also realized that we can start inviting fewer people to meetings because we used to have a little bit of a crutch where because we didn't want anybody to miss out on critical information and there was so much critical information that would, sh- that would happen only in meetings, would be just inviting everybody to meetings the same way that you CC and BCC tons of people on an email. And those people were getting bogged down with too many meetings that they didn't really have to be in because maybe there was only five minutes or 10 minutes of that hour long meeting that they really needed to be there to answer a question maybe or hear something. And Fireflies actually enabled us to start shrinking the number of participants in an average meeting and and just eliminating a lot of meeting time. And that to me was the second aha moment. So um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really geeked about the product. I wanted to share a little bit of my personal uh, experience with it. And I believe that this trend of asynchronous communication with players like in the video space, like Loom and, and what you all are doing with Fireflies and, and just the fact that the pandemic itself changed the way we work so much now. 
I believe these are trends that are irreversible. And I, and I think um, asynchronous communication is so much more efficient where people can get what they need to get when they need to get it. And they don't always need to be together uh, in real time, sharing critical information, basically. So um, it, two years ago, um, products like doing videos on Loom and, and, and pouring through Fireflies transcriptions was very foreign to us. But now I, I have to say in, in a typical day, I'm recording several meetings and I'm probably doing a dozen Loom videos for people. Um, and I feel like now my whole day is practically just getting documented and recorded. So all that content is now getting captured, which is great. Um, so I, I want to talk a little bit about your recent experience with, uh, with the fundraising. And it looks like now you've gotten some attention. You all have raised some significant Series A financing. Can you talk to me about that experience, what that was like to, to get really to get, to get the product recognized and to raise, was it a 14, $14 million in Series A? Yeah, so the fundraising was $14 million led by Coastal Ventures and then participation from our seed round investors at Cayman Partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very, very organic process, I would say, where we weren't even looking to raise uh, at that point in time, we were just heads down building and we weren't planning to raise for at least another year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt that it really came down to the right partner. We were in discussion with a few firms in a matter of a few weeks. And as the fundraising market right now is pretty pretty active, uh, there's large, large rounds, far larger rounds that are, that are being closed in record time, all uh, via remote, which would have been unheard of maybe you know a few years ago. So I think that was an interesting thing for us, but what really came down to was the partner, uh, you know, and the the firm behind it, like, you know, they're invested in tech, they're invested in deep tech, which is really great. Mm-hmm. They're invested in, you know, solving things at a first principle level. And a lot of the things we do, we're building a lot of services and things from scratch, right? And we're also trying to scale something that is usually a pretty hard technology stack because unlike a lot of other systems, Fireflies is real time. Fireflies is 24 seven. By the time the meetings end on like the PST or EST time zone, it starts picking up in other countries like in UK or in uh, Australia or in, you know, several other countries, right? Like including like India. So we have to really build like a 24 seven cloud operations and really build something that has really strong engineering excellence. Cause if Fireflies is down for a few minutes, it's going to miss, you know, thousands of meetings maybe. And that those are all the things that we constantly, you know, work with. And part of the financing is really about beefing up like our core voice over IP technology stack, uh, the core infrastructure to capture, record and transcribe, and to be able to build out all the different workflows, because we're not just supporting one video conferencing platform, we're supporting nine other uh, video conferencing platforms. We're not supporting just like uh, one telephony system, we're supporting a dozen. Right. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the things we do, even for CRMs, it's not just Salesforce, but HubSpot, Zoho, Pipedrive, everything. Um, we want to be ubiquitous uh, across all the different systems. And yeah, it's that's where a lot of the, the, the capital will be going is very engineering intensive uh, areas. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about all the, the integrations, because I think that's a really critical part of, of your strategy. Um, can you just walk me through that experience? How, how, how were you able to arrange all these, these really essential integrations with players like Zoom and Google Meet? Uh, I use it also with XAI, which is my, my scheduling calendar tool. 
Um, what, what strategy did you pursue? How, how did you get that part of it done? Because that seems to be a really critical part. When Fireflies was first built, we wanted it to be frictionless where you didn't have to install something or you didn't have to like turn on a bunch of, go through a bunch of steps. Like currently there's multiple ways you can use Fireflies. Like one is you can have the bot join your meeting um, and mm-hmm. they'll be there, take notes, transcribe it, record it, do all that good stuff. And it just is like another participant you'd invite on a calendar event. Um, and so we start with the user flow in mind from when you schedule a meeting to when you invite your teammates to when you actually join the meeting to after a meeting. So all the tools we wanted to be making it instant and like so that you don't have to go out of your way, especially when you're using a new technology, you don't want to add extra process uh, into the way, way you do work. The next thing we thought about is, okay, great. You have this meeting, you have the transcript, you have the notes, but how do you build value out of that? Uh, and that's where the integrations comes in. Because if I'm a salesperson, I mean, I'm having a sales call. I want Fireflies to automatically fill out notes in my CRM, right? So that I don't have to go and manually do it. Uh, if I'm having a team meeting, I would love the recap to be sent in our shared Slack channel so that we can all just continue the conversation where we left off. Uh, so all the things that we do, like, again, recruiters can use like ATS systems, uh, Work doesn't stop at meetings. Work begins at meetings is my philosophy. And there's just all of this back and forth that goes on post-meeting, right? Like BCCing, CCing, lots of people, email threads. And one of the things Fireflies helps is also cut that post-meeting collaboration down and make it really, really easy. Uh, So that's where like the integration goals came from. The reason we integrate with tools like x.ai, even supporting calendaring tools like Calendly, Everything starts with like, how am I as a user entering a meeting? So pre-meeting, during the meeting, post-meeting, mm-hmm. and covering that entire experience. So that's what really led to the, yeah. the workflows. And there isn't one single video conferencing platform people use. Like I bounce back and forth between two or three. Like I might be using Zoom internally or Google Meet internally or Microsoft yeah. Teams, but my uh, customers might be using WebEx. So we want to be playing well with all the systems and you know, work well with all the tools that you use so that you don't have to take extra steps uh, when you bounce back and forth between the different uh, tools or video conferencing uh, services you use. Yeah. Yeah, frictionless is the way to go. And I think uh, that's one thing that I noticed. Just as a quick aside, I'm really curious about this. I I think you all did a great job of just naming the brand and naming Fred. I'm just, I wonder... Where did that come from? Where did the Firefly's name come from? And how did you choose Fred's name? Uh, It's funny. Yeah, there was actually zero thought that went into it. Um, The way it actually happened was uh, my co-founder Sam and I were working on various projects while we were in school together. So Sam was at MIT. We did hackathons together. One of the Mm -hmm. first projects we worked on was around cryptocurrency. Uh, We did another thing around drones. The reason I'm saying all this is one of our projects we were working on is doing drone delivery. And when the drones at night are flying around with lights, they look like fireflies. So that's honestly Ah, how the name started. And we stuck with that name for all of our projects, all of our hackathons and all all the things because we were too lazy to change the name. Um, And then as we started going towards, uh, you know, the voice space, we stuck with the same name and we said, okay, what's a person's name that starts with F, right? And so we said Fred. Um, and also there were a lot of AI assistants that were female and we wanted to break the norm. And we said like, how, can, how come there can't be like a, a male assistant, right? Or, uh, and so that's why we just chose Fred. It was purely simple reasoning. And then after we did yeah. all that, 
people have come back and told us their interpretation of fireflies, right? And the way they tell us is that, hey, if you organize or shine light on all the conversations in an organization, they synchronize, right? You're lighting up uh, something that's like mm-hmm. in the dark. And so people came up with really creative uh, stories for why, what the, what the meaning of fireflies is, um, which we love. Mm-hmm. But I think that's after the fact, I don't take any credit for it. Uh, but yeah, from a branding perspective, it's our customers that like started interpreting the meaning. Yeah. And um, interestingly, I was, I was chatting yesterday with Doug Landis uh, at, from Emergence Capital. And like we always do at the start of the meeting, we have to, uh, we have to say, hey, uh, there's, there's Fred who's on and he's a transcription bot. Is that all right with you? And we have to get the, that, that key permission. And, and Doug says, oh, yeah, yeah, I know, Fred. Absolutely. It's fine. And it's kind of, you know, Fred has become almost a, a personification or a, a real character. I mean, almost like a, that, uh, people, people can imagine that there's, there's another person on that call. It's Fred. And he, he never says a word. He's always just quietly listening and recording and transcribing. Um, but I thought that was cool because more and more, I think there's a natural virality in this product by lieu of the fact that you do have to, you do have to ask permission and, and I think it's the right thing to do. And, and you all advise all of your customers that you really should ask permission at the start of every call. If you're recording that, uh, this is, this is the way it needs to work. And I think that that's an opportunity and, and it's happened with us and with me dozens of times that people who are not familiar, they say, oh, what, what is that? What, is it a, rec- I've been looking for something like that. Wait, tell me more about that. And I've actually, you know, spent the first few minutes of really dozens of calls <laughs> selling your product because I say, no, this is really cool. You need to check this out because it, it's going to record. It's going to send, we have a transcription and you're going to get a copy of that. It's searchable. You don't have to take notes. And, uh, you know, this is the new way to do meetings. And, uh, that, that natural virality, I think, is going to be huge for your marketing and, and for, your, for your scale in the future. Is that something you thought about or is that just a nice, a nice bonus to all this that you've got that virality thing built in? I worked on growth at Microsoft and I always try to think about uh, metrics in terms of how are you eliminating friction for users. I think the best sort of marketing to, to this day is when someone else is using it and talks about it, right? Word of mouth trumps everything. Um, I I feel like you can have expensive campaigns at the enterprise level, but even at the enterprise level, the way people buy is they see someone else using a particular system or it becomes the industry standard. And they're like, oh, I want to go with that. Um, So that is a trend we saw. I also felt that meetings is an inherently viral thing. If, you, if we thought calendaring was a viral thing with Calendly, right? Like everyone schedules a meeting mm-hmm. with Calendly or X.AI and they see it. Oh, cool. You get to experience the product before you even sign up for it. Meetings takes it to a whole nother level. And because it's not just that pre-meeting experience, but it's like during the meeting, after the meeting, you get a recap uh, and you get to see the transcript or the notes uh, before you even sign up. So for us, those are the parts that were really like that ignited the flame. Um, I guess around fireflies, like to this mm-hmm. day, like we haven't really spent uh, any money on like performance marketing, right? Everything has been organic. We focus on mm-hmm. trying to bring the value back to users and that we just double down on that. Like we believe in bottoms up. We believe in self-service. We love SMBs. We love uh, when, you know, one person in an org starts using it and then a hundred other people use it over time. 
that is really my philosophy where we want to create a frictionless experience where you don't have to like be forced to do a demo before you even sign up and use the product, right? I think the best products today, it's not that all products uh, go that way, uh, but I believe the best products uh, do function in that in that manner. Okay, so Chris, what you've described sounds a lot like product-led growth, this um, relying on virality, trying to get the hands into a, a free a free version of the product into the hands of as many people as possible, as quickly as possible, so that they, they can they can get that, that experience that the time to first value is very quick. Am, would you agree with me that this is product led growth is, is really driving your marketing right now? Yeah, it's almost all product led growth, mm-hmm. whether it's a small team, a large team uh, that's driving it. Uh, I think there's really unique opportunities, like you mentioned, where someone's <laughs> able to, uh, even on the compliance end, right? When they're saying, Hey, I'm going to be recording this into having fireflies take notes. Uh, all of those things add value, uh, I think, in terms of uh, product-led growth. Uh, for me, like what what we like to do is making sure a person gets an experience when they try it out, uh, when they sign up, when they get free transcription credits. Like all of those things are really focused around uh, getting that time to value, making it as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, that that has really led to all of the sort of adoption that we are seeing. Um, we also b- truly believe that this is a tool that, or platform that you don't just use for uh, a particular type of meeting, right? We There's a lot of companies that have kind of entered the space looking to verticalize or specialize in some certain types of meetings. And for us, we felt that it should be every meeting, like I said earlier, and that, that also kind of opens up the Pandora's box in terms of the use cases. So really the customers are dictating mm-hmm. how people are using fireflies, right? Like when you mentioned how you don't have to now invite as many people into those meetings, right? That's, that's a byproduct. It's not something I thought of as a, as a natural, uh, you know, thing for when we started building fireflies, Mm -hmm. uh, people are using fireflies for like onboarding and training. So if I'm doing a training session for a new cohort of hires, I don't have to repeat the same session again, right? I can, for my, every future hire, uh, I can just share the same fireflies conversation or recap and that saves a ton of time. So the value of Fireflies is accretive mm-hmm. um, so that like the knowledge that I'm talking about in a meeting can be crystallized forever um, and it can be used uh, over and over again. And I actually have to do less work um, if I'm using Fireflies more and more. Yeah. Yeah. I think just at a larger picture as well, the, the accessibility of audio I don't know why it's it just now really popping for some reason, but audio is the most accessible content format there is, in my opinion, even even more than just images, because images still require you to focus your eyes and your actual attention on something. So you can't look at pictures while you're driving, or and you certainly can't watch video, but you can listen to audio. So you can basically listen and consume audio content with practically every waking moment, unless you're really, let's say, in a meeting or you're in a, in a conversation and that ease and that accessibility is also part of, I think what's been driving uh, this, this big resurgence in resurgence in podcasting, for example. And I think that's also a tailwind for you guys too, is that um, not only do I not have to be present at that meeting now, because I know it's going to be recorded, but I can even just choose to listen to that recording, you know, just maybe as I'm lying in bed before I go to sleep, or I might do it tomorrow morning with coffee or, or on the commute. Um, 
And, and that could just be something that goes into my audio flow. I mean, it could be before or after a podcast or, um, so that's also something that I believe that the trend in audio content right now, um, I believe is, is a big tailwind for, for you all, which is really cool. Um, awesome. I, I love that, the fact that you said that because one of my favorite things to do is when I'm going for a run instead of Spotify now, like if my team needs yeah. me to review a bunch of calls or let's say they, they're <laughs> recruiting a bunch of candidates and I still am reviewing the candidates, I will literally pop on my headphones. I'm going for a run. I will play the Fireflies uh, recording at 2x speed uh, and then review. Uh, honestly, like I can go through like a 30 minute meeting in like 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, or when I'm like taking a break, I can look through the transcript and jump to different parts of the call. So maybe yeah. I don't need to hear certain teammates' uh, conversation tracks. So I can jump to other people's conversation tracks or search to like when they're talking about like experience, right? Mm -hmm. Or they're talking about like the deal and just listen to like those like key four or five points or areas in in the meeting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to, to me, it's like it's it's replaced my use of Spotify every day. And, uh, and yeah, that, that, yeah, I mean, that, even my, that's like my go to my go to podcasts now are having competition with my Fireflies meeting, recorded meetings. I mean, it's, <laughs> so I'm thinking, all right, now I've got I've got 30 minutes on this commute. There's a new podcast episode here, and then there's a meeting here that I that I uh, I missed, and I so I, I just, it's just another. It's another choice for me in that in that bag of audio options when I have those moments, which is which is really awesome. Um, now I want to ask you about the space that you all play in because I went over to G two, and I think that I don't understand why G two puts you all in conversation intelligence, and you're in the same category with Gong, Chorus, and and the others. And are you all creating a new space here or do you all belong in conversation intelligence or what is the new space, the SaaS category that you all are creating? Yeah, I think at the sales level, conversational intelligence has been used consistently by some of the other players yeah. uh, because they're really focused on analytics and uh, helping you close deals, right? Yeah. And I think Fireflies for a large part can do many of the things, right? To really like, it doesn't have to be fancy. It can help you identify friction points in a conversation, allow the sales manager to review a call at 2x speed, jump through the transcript, search through the transcript, leave feedback, uh, you know, leave markers. So a lot of the core value that you can get out of coaching, training, reviewing, all of that can be done. Um, I think some of the enterprise level companies are going more towards the uh, analytics and insights and the BI side of things mm -hmm. when it comes to sales. And they're very vertical specific. Um, we like to look at ourselves more as a collaboration platform. Um, I almost like to look at what are the tools that people are using instead of, uh, um, you know, instead of the conventional tools, uh, what, how are they using Fireflies instead of other tools? And what I see is if I had to manage a team wiki or a team knowledge base, that's a tremendous amount of work because I have to constantly keep updating the documents, constantly keep uh, changing things or I have to like leave a little bits of notes in my internal like note-taking systems. So in that regard, we're building an ever-growing, self-learning, self-developing uh, knowledge base, right? And mm -hmm. that has many, many use cases. It's not just going to be in like the sales space. Yeah. Um, but conversational intelligence is, I think, is only a small piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the collaboration aspect is really big. The other parts that I actually believe we, I think of more of is the automation and workflow space. I'm a huge fan of Zapier. 
I'm a huge fan of RPA systems. Like I, I look at tools like UiPath and all these other things. And so the direction we think about Fireflies as well is not just about how do I capture meetings or uh, generate notes, but how do I actually automate work for meetings? And that's about like the, the really the next frontier and where how can we build workflows? How can we build systems so that after a meeting, all this work gets taken care of in my systems of records? Uh, that's where the direction we really like to go. Even with Fred, like, can you interact with Fred during a meeting? Can you flag certain things? So for example, if I'm using the Asana integration, I can create a trigger where when I say certain things, a ticket gets created or a, uh, a story gets created in Asana or Trello. And those are, to me, are very fascinating because mm -hmm. I can actually complete my work before I leave the meeting, right? Mm -hmm. So that I don't have to like now set aside my evening or my weekend to go catch up on all the things uh, in like my CRM or, you know, like a sales manager is going to yeah. constantly say, hey, update your CRM, update your CRM or your project manager is going to say like, fill out your, uh, you know, uh, your tickets and, and your bugs and your tasks. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that like, I want work to be done the moment I leave that meeting. And right? that, that, that to me is yeah. like the futuristic vision. Um, maybe some people put an analogy to like, oh, you're basically becoming like Alexa for work. Um, and I, I think that just puts it nicely. It's, it's nice to understand, but yeah, I think conversational intelligence, there might be a common theme because we're doing voice, we're doing yeah. uh, transcription, we're doing uh, conversation recording and those sort of things, but there's much more to like, I think the the space that we're yeah, in. Yeah, I think, I think so too. I think you all are getting a little bit unfairly pigeonholed in, at least in G2, because conversation intelligence, which is led by Gong, they don't even call themselves that. They call themselves revenue intelligence. And then there's sales loft, which is, that's a, that's a outreach tool or it's really, I guess it's a sales, uh, sales enablement uh, tool. So this category is pretty loose. And I think um, one thing that I, I, I do recognize right away is that you all have only two reviews on, on G2. So I'd highly recommend to, um, to go after a review, to try to get a lot of reviews there and, and then maybe look at some of the other categories because I think that's a, an area where you could, if you can break out of that category where you don't really belong and either create a new one or, or get into another one, I think you can get a lot more visibility. And what we're seeing is G2 now is a, almost always a, well, for B2B SaaS, it's almost always a touch point along the path to, to uh, acquisition or, or conversion. Um, but just something, something that I realized, that I, I, would, I would definitely uh, think about uh, an outreach campaign to get some G2 reviews. I think that would, that would help. Uh, but, but yeah, this, this space, it's kind of overlapping. The boundaries are not that clear. And I think that's also what makes it, makes it exciting um, because, because of all the possible use cases. And you, you mentioned now that because of the, the, the virality and where you are, you haven't done a lot of pure performance marketing, paid marketing. Are you, are you all doing any, any paid marketing right now? Any digital paid advertising? Actually, no. Uh, everything is uh, focused on getting value back to our users. So any, like, any of the things that we're doing is to really help our end users, making it more affordable, right? Like in this space, uh, I think that's an important aspect that it should be whether you're a two-person team, right, like an agency, or you're a 2,000-person organization, we want to basically make the platform easy to use and very, very affordable. Mm -hmm. um, so instead, we like to take all of the net benefits of uh, not doing the performance marketing, per se, uh, mm -hmm. and then putting it back, giving it back to our users, right, and creating a, just a better platform and experience. Um, because ultimately, they are the ambassadors. They're the folks that are driving it. 
Um, so freemium is a big play for us. And that is really our marketing force today. Yeah. Um, not to say as we grow larger, we're going to have to like think more about how we strategically help larger organizations. And that will require a different mechanism, potentially mm-hmm. performance marketing being one of them. Uh, but yeah. today we're fully just dedicated to making it as easy as possible for our freemium users and our self-service users. Yeah. Do you think at some point there's going to be pressure to grow faster and to turn on performance marketing? In order to do that? I think that the product is really the most important thing and the customers and how they adopt it. Uh, I think there's a lot of companies like in the enterprise space or maybe the mid-market SaaS space where, you know, you can get the LTV and the CAC aspect to work out um, and you can just spend more money on like Facebook ads or like Google search ads. And I think that is a route that works, right? When you're working on massive uh, ACV sort of deals. But I feel like the best sort of products that come from bottoms up, there's a lot more effort that's put on investing in the customer experience, the customer journey. Um, you know, when you look at Slack, when you look at Zoom, when you look at Dropbox, when you even look at like Figma, these sort of tools. Uh, I think we're early enough in the space where we want to keep investing in in making the product more and more valuable. And, you know, when, when the time comes, definitely that's something that we will... Uh, you know, hit the accelerator on. But I think right now it's just about learning from users like yourself and like, how do we just constantly make the, the product better? I still read almost 80 to 90% of all customer uh, tickets, feature requests, all of that stuff, right? And so we get to be really close and hear the voice of our customers, um, thanks to Fireflies, as well as just like, just being at the self-service side of the market. Um, and then we want to just push forward on that as much as possible. Yeah. Do you all have any statistics on the the role the roles in an organization who are the heaviest users? So if you look at your entire user base, X percent marketing, X percent sales, X percent I don't know management or ops, finance. Have you seen any? Do you track any statistics like that? Yeah. The funny thing is, uh, once the pandemic started, a lot more internal teams started using it. That internal team usage skyrocketed. Cross functional. Cross-functional okay. teams, like people using it for, uh, you know, planning meetings, uh, monthly meetings, one-on-ones, like a lot of internal meetings. Um, we see quite a bit used in the recruiting space, right? Like we see like uh, headhunters, staffing agencies use Fireflies and it's like quintessential to them, right? Like that is mm-hmm. part of the thing. Um, for example, if you're a recruitment firm and you need to help close a candidate or place a candidate, Fireflies is like, absolutely critical in order to be able to like now provide proof to your client. So in general, customer facing roles are probably 50% of our our usage. Like, and that can be sales, customer success, um, all sorts of things. Like people use Fireflies for customer discovery interviews, like even like certain types of podcasts. So that Mm -hmm. is where we see a lot of the things. And then the other ones tend to play around internal meetings and internal things. Cause you, there is a certain set of, recurring meetings you have every week, every month. Um, and then like at the exec level, as well as at the individual level, um, I would say it's a fair distribution. Um, definitely the customer facing ones are also, there's more intensity of usage because they have to like maybe do tons mm-hmm. of sales calls or tons of outbound calls, uh, or, you know, talk to a lot more customers. So the intensity of usage kind of skews a little bit there. Whereas like the internal folks use it for more of their like regular cadence meetings. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. 
Great. Well, um, that that's fascinating. Um, I I don't really have any other any other professional related questions. I did want to ask you on the personal side, Krish. Um, so this has been this has probably been a pretty amazing last few years for you. Uh, outside of when you're not working on fireflies, what else what else are you into? What are your what are your hobbies and passions? Yeah, I love spending time, and I feel like work is really what takes up a lot of what, what we do, right, on imagine, a day to day basis. But uh, I think that when I do have the the time, I love to go and see and discover global communities that are building startups, working in SaaS. Uh, Fireflies is a global company across like six, seven time zones. So I always like learning about like the cultures of our teammates that are in different places, like learning. Uh, you know, I, I literally watch documentaries on how it's like in some of the other countries that we're hiring from. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm big on learning about other people's cultures. I'm fascinated by that. Um, in my own time, I, I love working out, uh, exercise, going hiking, doing things on the outdoors. I'm more of, I'm less of a city person, more of a outdoors person. So I, I lived right mm-hmm. in uh, SF for a long period of time. And then once the pandemic happened, moved a little bit out um, into the uh, East Bay. So tend to spend a lot more time right. yeah, uh, outside, outdoors, uh, whenever I get a chance. But other than that, I'm a huge, huge, like I'm, a, I'm very uh, into traveling and doing outdoor stuff, but haven't been able to do that as much with the pandemic. In fact, I feel like people are working more. Yeah. Certain some some people for sure are working more um, during the pandemic because it kind of blurs right, like the line from like work life oh, yeah. balance. Right? So that's something that I've Absolutely. seen. I think as people start heading back to the office, um, that's going to change a little bit. Uh, but again, the people that are going to work, like we're, we've been remote from from day one. Um, and so these are some things that I, mm-hmm. I started to realize is like, there's a lot of teammates that I've never actually even seen in person. Right. And like, how do I like make the time to never, learn more about them? Uh, yeah, never. You have colleagues that you haven't met. Wow. Yeah. So everyone is remote yeah. from day one, right? We're now like 60 plus folks. Mm-hmm. In fact, my co-founder and I met, uh, when we started, like we met in college through mutual friends. Uh, but we actually didn't meet in person for two years. Um, we would be on like Zoom and like Google Meet. So after wow. in the evening, after we finished our like homework or our problem sets, we would just be chatting and like working and brainstorming and hacking things together. Um, maybe that was like really the advent yeah. of uh, our remote work thing. So yeah, I went like two years, like, and this was yeah. before we started Firefox formally, where I got to know this person online without ever meeting him in person. But uh, again, I think these, yeah. these are just all really extremes. They're not that the norm. That is so cool. Uh, I mean, definitely meet your team uh, or meet your co-founder before you start a company. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. And actually, that that says a lot about that. That really fills fills some gaps. You you all formed a real relationship virtually, and basically had decided to do this before even meeting in person, which is which is incredible. And I think that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I guess that also speaks to how just human psychology, I think, is changing too, because our ability to form relationships now purely through virtual mediums, and so, and this is voice is number one. I think I think audio, the fact that we're on camera right now, it helps, but I think that our audio is still number one. I mean, being able to listen to your voice and and detect 
you know, the, the emotions and then think about how I, I would respond to that. I think the visual cues are helpful, but I think the voice is at the heart of that. And that really just, I think, speaks to how, how we're changing as humans because we're able to really form deeper relationships now virtually through these, using these tools. And um, I imagine that in your, in your day, I imagine Fred is on every call and um, it's also people are probably hearing all of your 60 plus colleagues are probably hearing your recorded voice many, many times a week and, and feeling like they know you really, really well and, and at a deep level because of that. So uh, I don't know. It just, it's just fascinating to me. And I think we're really just at the, at the brink of all this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you think about platforms like Clubhouse, right, where you're making yeah. new connections, meeting people, uh, where you're just listening to their voice. And I heard during the peak of the pandemic, there were people that were just on Clubhouse the entire day, right? And all day just listening to, to folks and stuff. So I think voice is here to stay. Um, the way people collaborate through voice and video is here to stay, whether we're in the office or working remotely. But yeah, I think really interesting relationships are being formed here. And I don't think this is new. Um, I used to like look into gaming and stuff like that. Like when you look at Discord and other other platforms, people form really tight connections and tight, uh, you know, friendships online while playing video games. Yeah. And then they're just listening to their voice. They're coordinating. They're doing things like that. Maybe they're playing, um, you know, an RTS game or... Uh, a first-person shooter type game. So there's just really interesting how these strong relationships have been formed. Um, and mm -hmm. I, I remember reading some articles about how people that used to game together for maybe like four or five years met for the first time, or they were like the like the best man uh, at a wedding, wow. right? And these are people that like never met, but they created this like bond or like, you know, like, like you would if you yeah. were you know, in, in like a military or on, on like a sports team. And it was just, it's just crazy. Um, that like you yeah. can have these sort of connections uh, remotely. <laughs> yeah. Well, this this has been great, Chris. Uh, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wished I would have asked, or is any anything that that you'd like our audience to know about? Yeah, um, I think we covered a lot today. Uh, I'm just super excited always to uh, you know if folks are using Fireflies or have suggestions, feedback. I'm always uh, years. I still respond to customers like today. Um, and I love, love always learning more about like, you know, suggestions, feedbacks and thoughts. So yeah. if people have any, any ideas, um, you know, if people are also starting to use Fireflies um, for their own unique use cases. We have an API now. Um, and so if people want to try things out or play around with our APIs and build like some tools on or, you know, fun tools on top of Fireflies, I'm all game for that. So um, I think oh, that'll right. be something great to share with the team here. Where, where can our, our audience find you online, Chris, and connect with you? Yep, I'm on Twitter. Uh, you can uh, find Chris Ramanini there, as well as LinkedIn. Um, pretty active on LinkedIn and uh, mm -hmm. more so than Twitter, but I'll probably get back into all of the mediums soon. Uh, yeah, I think those will be those would be great places. Also, we have a pretty fast-growing Instagram community page uh, for Firefly. So mm -hmm. uh, we, we start to see a lot of fun content shared there. Awesome. Chris, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for being with me. Everybody out there, if you haven't heard, you got to go out and check this product, uh, fireflies.ai. It's a game changer. Chris, uh, thanks again for your time. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. And it's amazing to, to be able to hear all these great things and just have a wonderful conversation with you. So Same thank here. You.
Another great episode in the books. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get notified when future episodes drop, be sure to subscribe to Paris Talks Marketing on your favorite podcast player. And to learn more about SaaS growth marketing, visit hop.online. That's hop, H-O-P, dot online. Have a great day.